And I noticed that in the world, we lack this, you know, compassionate leadership a lot. And I realized it has been impacting myself as well, the way I've been leading my teams, the way I've been, you know, just being in my own body and skin, I felt I've become very much masculine and really connected to the masculine sort of leadership that has been inherited. It's been, you know, transferred to us generation by generation, especially as a woman, you need to always be, you know, hard, be like work three times more. You need to really be tough sometimes in order to be seen and to get what you deserve. And so I really sat, you know, with myself, took a lot of, you know, time to realize that's not what I am. That's not who I am. That's not how I enjoy to be. So I realized this connection with my feminine was the one that was caught because I was trying to protect myself. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Inner Wealth, the Forbes Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal, CEO of Forbes Ignite. And every week I'll be sharing with you my conversations with unique, creative, and innovative people across all different industries. These are people who are intellectually curious explorers who are also redefining what it means to be successful today. From personal to professional, we cover it all to understand what drives our guests to blaze their own trails and create nimble solutions within the industries that touch each of our lives. Our guest today is Mujan Ashgari, founder of Thousand Faces and also co-founder of Women in AI, a global community of over 10,000 women from over 150 countries dedicated to closing the gender gap in AI. She has such an incredible journey coming from industrial engineering and banking and eventually diving into entrepreneurship. We talk about dissolving your ego, shifting to a more feminine forward leadership paradigm, partnership societies, and so much more. I know you're going to love what she has to say. Here's our chat. Hey, Mujan, how's it going? It's so wonderful for you to be here. Thank you so much, Nicole. So we had some really incredible conversations prior to today. And you've been traveling all over the world. And you've been telling me about all the amazing things that you've been learning. Yeah. So I just came back two months ago from Peru. I was doing a little retreat there. And just, you know, a couple of months ago, I started this new journey, creating a new company called Thousand Faces, which is an NFT um, collection to invest in women and and female-led projects. And that had been quite a surprise because I didn't plan to do that. So in the middle of my retreat, but I was trying to find time to to work on that. And yeah, then afterwards, right after when I arrived in, in Europe, I started to go to different conferences, which were actually my first conferences after a long time. So <laughs> I can tell you, I was very excited to, to be there. And yeah, just came back from Lisbon. I'm going to Berlin this week and a lot of good things is happening. Well, that's incredible. And it's always amazing to be able to be back in person, especially after such a long time where we are, we're all separated. We're all quarantining, for example. So getting back into those conferences and getting back into meeting people face to face is really special. Yeah, it, it was very special. Honestly, I've been quite isolating myself. I was doing really a strict plant diet. So it's a very spiritual thing, actually. I've got introduced to it since a year. So I've been really practicing that and been really isolating myself to work on my own, you know, spiritual journey and energy. And and coming back to this world of tech conferences is just such a contrast. <laughs> So it was great actually to finally shake hands with people and hug them and look at their eyes and, you know, talk to them instead of Zoom. So 
So that was incredible. Yeah, I bet. And I'd love to know more about your story because I mean, everything that you're doing today sounds incredible and interesting, but tell us about your personal and professional journey to where you are today. I come from Iran and my background is industrial engineering and then corporate finance. I started working at the bank and <laughs> I soon realized that's not the place I want to be. So I quit banking. I started my entrepreneurial journey and, and eventually slowly I shifted to nonprofits and community building. So I created with two amazing co-founders of mine, we created Women in AI, which is a global nonprofit, a global community of 10,000 women across 150 countries, just purely on a voluntary basis. And the main mission had been to close a gender gap in AI. And a few years later, I, I was really inspired by some of the coaches and mentors and leaders that I've seen in the world, that there are women and minorities and and they have this such an inspirational way of leading, which is with compassion. So then I created this nonprofit organization called Thousand Eyes on Me to really help women to boost their confidence because that's what I've been also struggling myself as a woman to, to really have confidence everywhere I go. And when I speak on a stage or when I go to you know a meeting, really it's been something I've been struggling a lot. And I've been working on it and I'm still working on it. <laughs> that's that's actually very, you know, open and vulnerable to say that I still like work on that every single day. And that's totally normal. <laughs> and so that's what I created. I created a course and a journey for young women to be able to become their authentic leader, to really step into their true self and speak up, you know, negotiate and talk about themselves, you know, market themselves, just just be themselves. So just very recently, and by chance I got into crypto, I actually won a hackathon and I started to, you know, just a little bit look around what's happening. And very by chance, I, I discovered NFTs and I was like, wow, these are amazing. Like, it's just a perfect setup for women <laughs> to jump in because it's about creativity and art and it's so fun and it's also connected to tech. So that's where with my sister, we realized we can really combine the very main elements of ourselves, which is for her is art because she's an artist and sustainability expert. And myself is like female empowerment, diversity and technology together to create something amazing that can help other women. And that's what we are both passionate about. So that's actually what happened to thousand faces to, to be born. <laughs> I love that. And it's so important to be able to really empower women, especially in tech, because I agree with you that it's such a masculine paradigm that we're working in. And it has been for, for centuries. And so the tides are changing now. And it's great that you've been able to harness your expertise and your passion to be able to help other women. And so I wanted to know what inspired you and who are some of your role models? Ah, actually, there are so many amazing people there. You know, some of the celebrities, of course, like Oprah Winfrey, um, you know, I, I really like actually Arlen Hamilton. I just, you know, read her, her book about like, it's about downtime and it's just so inspiring. And it's very, it talks a lot to me because we were essentially creating a DAO fund with a thousand faces to invest in other women. So she also started with the mindset of like, crowdfunding and asking friends and families to help and that's exactly what we're doing in a different way of course but 
she's just so inspiring and how like she started from zero and reached the top and every day like she was telling herself i'm a venture capitalist i'm a venture capitalist <laughs> so that's so inspiring and then there are some spiritual leaders that are my uh, role models like ramdas i i really you know admire him, admire him his journey like i don't know if you've seen his the movie Becoming Nobody is just like all about just dissolving your ego and becoming literally nobody. But then that nobody is actually everything. But the, maybe the strongest role model for me is my mom, because she's been as a Iranian woman living always there. She lived the good times of Iran and <laughs> less good times of, you know, the country. And she's been just so resilient and just in a very feminine way. She's been the best leader I can see <laughs> in, in all of my life. So yeah, she's my actually biggest role model. That's incredible. And that actually perfectly leads me into my next question about your focus on female empowerment and closing that gender gap. Can you tell us more about that focus specifically in your work? Yeah. So honestly, when I was studying engineering and finance, I never thought I'd become an advocate <laughs> for female empowerment and diversity. I never imagined myself doing what I'm doing today. But I think deep down, there was always something in me, in my you know core being that I wasn't comfortable with the actual situation, with the current state of the world that we're living in. And I was, I've been always a rebel. I was always a little bit of a lawbreaker. <laughs> I wouldn't like that people telling me something without me being completely in understanding and just accepting it. So I was always asking questions and finding why this is how it is. And so I started to really read about it. I, I realized actually in previous times, older times, like thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, there were societies, there were tribes, they were based on partnership. So partnership societies were present in our world. And it was a lot about female energy, compassion, equality. And we lost it over time, basically because of the dominator societies rising and emperors and violence and war and colonization and capitalism and all of this. And this is the basis of our world today. So for me, I want to get the feminine back. I feel there is this generational ancestral traumas in my system and actually everybody not only women everybody in the world we have it and then we are all sort of the victim of that that behavior but the good thing about it is that we all share the same thing which is love <laughs> and that's universal so that's the universal you know language no matter where you're living and you can see the effects of not loving which is not loving yourself and not loving um, in consequence the others that's what it brings us to where we are today with the climate in a crisis with you know everything that all the crisis is happening in the world so it took me a long time to realize why am i doing what i'm doing but now i'm so clear that why i'm doing what i'm doing is really about healing and connecting to that core essence of humanity. Healing and connecting. Those are some amazing initiatives and focus areas to have, especially within tech itself um, and beyond tech, generally speaking, because there's so many women that would look up to you and would say they can learn so much from your experience. And I think that's so important to be able to share, especially when you're talking about the working environment. It's been 
for so many years that our work selves are so different from our personal lives, but we're starting to see that blend. We're starting to see those boundaries being broken now. And we're finding that we're actually not so different from one another. And so I think that's really beautiful what you just said. So tell me about some of the initiatives that you're most proud of with all your different organizations that you've been working in. In particular, I'm very proud of what we built with Women in AI. Basically, Women in AI started out of another hackathon. I'm, I'm a hackathon girl. <laughs> so I it was that was the first time I touched, you know, really AI. And um, a friend of mine who was a guy interviewed me and said, why there's not enough women here? There are like four out of 100. And I looked around and I said, oh, you're right. I didn't even think about it. Maybe we should do something about it. And and then eventually with a friend of mine that I met um, at that you know, specific event, we started teaching each other. So it really started out of curiosity and t- learning. That's so education had been always a very strong element uh, in women AI in the core um, reasoning why it exists. And then slowly the group actually started out of a Facebook group then it grew into a little meetup. Then it just, you know, different cities started to say, hey, we want to do that. We want to do that. And we never spent a penny on marketing. We never did any advertisement. And it just been purely on, you know, the self-desire and the keen in the in women everywhere that they wanted to do that. So that's that's really something that I'm proud of. And and honestly, it 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 would not exist without the power of community and Communities are one of the things that we have a little bit lost over time in the history. That's sort of the feeling of being safe in a tribe, being valued, being supported. And I think the reason, one of the reasons that Women AI worked was because, of course, the timing was right, the reasoning was right, but really the community basis of the cause was the core element of why it became successful. You're absolutely right. It's all about the community. Whether or not you're launching a new business venture, whether or not you're working for a nonprofit, for example, everything all boils down to the community because those are the people that are going to be coming back to you time and time again. And the success of women in AI just shows that there's such a demand and people are hungry for that type of community. So kudos to you for creating that safe space to be able to to interact with one another and just be able to collaborate and work together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just such an honor to work with so many brilliant women around the world, many of them like PhDs or post-PhDs, post-doctorates, and they are just very active and very, very dedicated to the cause. So it's just such an honor. Wow. And you were talking about this a little bit earlier, and you were talking about a DAO fund that you created. So for folks in the audience that don't quite know what a DAO is, can you explain how it works and how this has contributed to the board of founding members for your community? Sure. So let me first talk about what is an NFT and what is the thing that we're creating with that to create the DAO. So NFTs, non-fungible assets or non-fungible tokens are basically any asset that is digital and then online, it, it can exist on online on a blockchain so i'm not going to go too much into details of what is a blockchain because it's vast area but essentially you can own a digital asset online and that's yours and you can you know 
keep it, you can trade it, you can sell it later. So it's really, really interesting how this market is evolving. Um, so our NFTs are art NFTs. So they are pictures randomly generated, which are the profile pictures, like avatars for our members. So we are doing that randomly generated. Anybody can come and mint it and own an NFT, which is a membership, essentially a membership and access to our investment club. So then we're, when we're talking about the DAO fund, when we, call, when we say DAO, so DAO is the Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And the specification of DAOs is that they don't have a central leadership. So there is no hierarchical management. So there is nobody on the top saying that's what we're going to do. All the decisions are made from bottom up and it's all the community members by voting to reach an agreement to manage the whole DAO. So you can have different decision makings in DAOs. For example, for us, is about managing the fund. So we are, let's say, investing in female founders. Then one of the topics would be what kind of projects the community wants to invest in. Who is going to be the winner, let's say, of our awards? Who is going to, you know, be the next partner that we're going to have, and so on. So it depends on our on the organizations. But the rules of the DAOs are basically written and scripted on the blockchain. So it's, everything is online. And by owning a token, you get access to those rights. You can basically operate and give your vote. So that's basically about DAOs. How do you think the structure of the DAO and just being able to own NFTs has been able to contribute to the structure of your community today? I think it's very, very fundamental to be able to have a voice in anything that you're part of it. I remember the first time I came across that was, I was like, wow, this innovation exists and I didn't know. That's awesome. You know, one of the problems with, let's say, traditional venture capitals or any organization is that most of the time you have a changing round for the management, then that makes you to have a short-term vision. Basically you say, okay, I'm elected for a year, then I'm going to just plan for that year. But if you think of DAOs, if you've really created DAO really well, you can even think of an organization for living th thousand years and beyond. So that's, that's actually our vision. And the whole community is running it. So it's collective consciousness. It doesn't depend on one person. So it is going to be smarter in a way. Of course, DAOs have their own pitfalls and problems. There are so many DAOs that they, you know, they have some to code problem or they essentially lose their seats to some, you know, owners that they uh, take over the DAO and destroy it. That has happened actually. Um, so what we're doing, we're really making sure people who are getting on the board, they are, they have the skills and the knowledge to run a venture capital fund with a DAO fund. But the fact that we are giving the voice to people from the community to, to decide on the future of an organization, that is actually the core like right for everyone in the society, right? That should be always like that. I really feel like a lot of different organizations can learn from this model. I feel like the underlying governance has a lot to do with being able to decentralize a lot of the, the functions within the organization rather than having it all solely centralized everything coming from top down. And we're starting to see that go away, especially with organizations that are organized around a DAO. So that's really, really fascinating. And I can't wait to hear more about it. It's so fascinating when you like get to know other DAOs and see how they work. It's so fascinating how many diverse talents you can have on a DAO because you can be a member of a DAO from 
anywhere, anybody can be there. And you can, you know, just have this huge diversity pouring into your organization that didn't exist before. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. And I can see that happening now with your organization. And it's only going to continue to grow and become more empowering, especially for women. So that's really important. And I want to go back to what you were talking about specifically with female empowerment, closing the gender gap and investing. So why do you think there's such a communication gap regarding why we should invest in women? I think honestly, it comes from a lack of consciousness and awareness. And, and as I mentioned a little bit before, it's, it is this disconnection with the feminine, with the feminine side. So today, most of the top decision makers, leaders, governance, managers, they are mostly male. But by the way, the, when, when I say feminine, I really mean the f- energy of the feminine. I don't mean the gender specifically. So every human being has the both energies, the masculine and feminine, and both are valuable and precious and they serve us. The problem comes from the fact that there's an imbalance there. So there's only one energy, one in the side of us running it. And so that's the case today, unfortunately, with the world. We have more like masculine energy running and then the feminine connection is lost, is less remarkable. So I think the problem with the communication about why we need that coming back, it's really due to our disconnection to our core essence and understanding what has been created by just running with one side of our energy, which is masculine. Imagine just if we didn't have that, if we we had an equal balance of feminine and masculine in the world. I don't think our world today would look like this. I don't think we would go out of balance for the nature, for the environment, for our children, you know, our societies. So that really comes from that, yeah, lack of consciousness, I believe. That's a really important point that it's really all about the balance. And we see so much imbalance in the world today. And that's the basis of a lot of the, the crises that we see, especially with what you're talking about with the environment the lack of awareness and consciousness for climate change, for example, there's a lot of different issues that could be solved if we all just evoked that balance between masculinity and femininity. So I think that's a really important point. And so what would you say to listeners who are interested in starting their own social venture like you have? Honestly, I would say it's it's a very exciting journey and it's very, very informative. It's the best school in the world. (laughs) I don't say it's for everyone because it's hard, but I'm sure anybody in the world who wants, you know, something very bad, they always make it happen. So (laughs) if you really want something for yourself, if you want, you know, freedom in a sense, if you want to build something doesn't exist, if you want to contribute to the world in the most innovative way, I think actually creating your own venture, it is the way to go. And so what would you say to listeners who are interested in being involved in Women in AI or Thousand Faces? Yeah, so it's for free. (laughs) Women in AI, Thousand Faces, we are actually having a fellowship program that we distribute some free tokens, but it's very accessible, the price. Anyone in the world can afford that and, you know, join us. For Women in AI, you just go on our online, www.womenai.co. You become a member, you get access to our community. You just learn, you know, about basics of AI, applications of AI, and eventually you can, you know, advance in your AI career and 
get into more specifics and more detailed and specializations of AI. We have a lot of events all around the world. We have actually an awards for female entrepreneurs and innovators. We just finished the Australian edition. So it's happening everywhere. <laughs> for a thousand faces, we are very soon launching. In September, we're going to have actually our first tokens minting. So if you want to be part of it, join us. You can go on our website also, thousandfaces.art. As a woman, you can apply to receive funding. As a man, if you have a project for diversity and inclusion and environment, you also can receive funding. So we are in that way inclusive too. That is amazing that there's so many opportunities for both men and women to be involved. And so I asked this question to all of my guests on the podcast. So I want to know, how do you define success? When I think of success or like what's the real success for me is if I have done something that had a huge impact and it goes beyond myself, beyond my life, that is when I really feel like I had a success. And before I think I was making a mistake with like, goals like short-term goals if I you know reach to that level and I'm going to be happy and then I would reach there it wouldn't make me happy so I realized happiness is about being not doing and success is about life purpose is about reaching your life purpose and that always goes beyond you it's not about you anymore it's about the whole world is about lives that you touch is about mindsets that you change is about the good you do in the world so i think it's also for me at least it's a lot about healing and getting connected more to my highest self that's where i can help others to reach their highest self and that's my purpose in life that is beautiful and that is such a great definition of success so, Mujan, it was so amazing speaking with you. I learned a lot from this conversation. And I hope we get to do this again soon. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. You're doing such an amazing job with this podcast. Honored to be with your guest. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of Inner Wealth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that you'll join us next week as we continue to explore all the ways success is being redefined in our ever-changing world. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Instagram at Forbes Ignite for more thought-provoking content and opportunities to engage with us. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal. Thanks for joining us.